Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Eagles fans, welcome back to another edition of Football 24-7 with John McMullen, our Philadelphia Eagles insider. I'm your host, Tony DeShills II. First and foremost, you know what to do. Smash that like button. Make sure you guys are engaged in the content because John and I are going to really cover a lot of things when it comes to this Philadelphia Eagles-Cowboys matchup that we saw over the weekend. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. And again, make sure you guys smash that like button. It really helps the content grow really helps the content really flow and allows you guys to spread the word and it allows more people to be in the live chat talking all the trash that is that that's possible in the Philadelphia Eagles Cowboys hemisphere so uh make sure you guys always stay locked in on the content 
John, first and foremost, my friend, how are you feeling today? Uh, doing well. Settling into a bye week and eating one bye week. Uh, Your skills. favorite week of the year, right? Yeah. Uh, now, if you said at the beginning of the season they'd be eight and one at the bye, I'd say that's pretty successful. But uh, should have been nine and zero, oh, to be honest. <laughs> well, I mean, did you actually? Um, I, you know, as a journalist, I don't know how much you get into predictions, but at the bye, did you have them being eight and one? No. I didn't think uh, they would be eight and one at the bye. I thought there would be a few more hiccups this season, um, you know, making all the changes, not only personnel wise, specifically defensive, the five defensive starters, uh, but the coordinators. I thought there would be more hiccups. So uh, I would say, all in all, it's been more positive than expected uh, okay. from my standpoint, at least. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles, they definitely keep you busy. Uh, it's so funny. You always say how this is probably one of the most boring teams to cover because they're so good and uh, they always manage to uh, stay ahead of the curve, um, you know, when it, if, if it's deals, if it's contracts, um, if it's just winning, right? You know, they, they're always, they always tend to be on the right side of things. And they ended up being on the right side of things when it came to this Philadelphia Eagles-Cowboys matchup, man. It was... um. It was really a fascinating game because you kind of felt, at least for me, I felt the tension. I felt I felt the angst in the air of this matchup, right? And you had a front row seat being in that press box. Um, let's just let's just let's just get a quick overview overview from you. What were some of your uh takeaways uh and observations uh from that matchup on Sunday? Uh, I, I thought the Eagles uh, played a, a really good game uh, through three quarters and then kind of fell apart in the fourth quarter and kind of, to be honest, let off the hook a little bit by a poor situational football by the Dallas Cowboys on that last drive. I mean, they had a been talking about it all week. They had a, a first and five at the six yard line with 27 seconds left. Right. Um four chances to win the football game in a game where the Eagles could not cover C.D. Lamb, and they end up going backwards from the uh, 6 to the 11 to the 22 to the 27, mm. and then they throw the football short of of the goal line in a desperation situation. Um, just unforgivable sort of stewardship by a veteran quarterback, Dak Prescott. I mean, that's just, that can't happen. Um, so I think, I think they got let off the hook a little bit. Um, you know, it's funny. They had such a good third quarter. Um, you, you know, they're winning. They had two possessions. They scored two touchdowns. They basically held the football for almost the entire quarter complete dominance up by two scores. And then you get to the point where everybody wants them, where they can run out the game, but they can't run. They cannot run the football with Jalen Hurts banged up um, because it, no one is threatened by him pulling the football, coming out the backside. And the running backs just aren't good enough. So I – I thought they were way too conservative in the fourth quarter, allowing Dallas back in the game. And they had to hang on because of it. And, you know, Nick Sirianni got a little defensive yesterday about the running game. 
it's not good right now. And, you know, maybe the bye week comes at the best time because for their running game to be effective, you need you need the threat of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, you bring up a good point. You know, the fact that in that fourth quarter, they couldn't really get the running game going. Um, offense kind of just went stagnant altogether. Uh, you mentioned how conservative they were. Do you think they were just so afraid of making a mistake? Do you think things got – No. Think- I, I think they're used to just these – long, you know, time-consuming drives. Forget about four-minute offense. The Eagles have had like six, eight, ten-minute offense um, in this run, which we're now it's um, like the third quarter. I mean, I, I just talked about the two drives in the third quarter. That's what they're used to. Um, they just weren't effective um, because they were trying to run the football in a more traditional way and they can't do it right now. Um, Why do you think that is? Is it simply personnel? Yeah, I mean, the, the running backs aren't good. They're not good. Um, and I think people got snowed by those early games, week two, week three. Remember, at the time, Jalen Hurts was healthy, and he creates that spacing. Uh, that is needed by the DeAndre Swift, Kenny Gainwells of the world, Boston Scott, Rashad Penny, for his handful of carries. Um, and when it's not there, they, they, you know, the Eagles don't, people should not be surprised by this, and they are, and it surprises me. We all know how the Eagles build this roster, and they build it correctly. They pay the offensive line. They pay the defensive front. They obviously pay the quarterback, A.J. Brown, the playmakers. They don't pay the running backs. You get what you pay for. That's uh, true. That's actually what it is. And But do you think the offensive line is being lit up the hook themselves? I mean, I mean, we've seen, and I, and like you said, the, that Minnesota Vikings game and that Tampa Bay game, they were, they were outliers, right? But. I mean, well, they weren't I'm necessarily not... outliers either because <clears throat> when Jalen is out there, they've had numerous 200-yard rushing games. But I, I think people don't understand his effect on the running game. I talked about it all the way up to the draft, back to the draft. When You need B. John Robinson. No, you don't. Not with a healthy Jalen Hurts. Without a healthy Jalen Hurts, and Bijan's not doing that. He's not even the best running I mean, back on Atlanta right now. Yeah, but yeah. Um, you get my point. You need a, a better running back when you don't have Jalen Hurts at full effectiveness because of the knee in the running game. Uh, then you need somebody who can do it themselves, and the Eagles don't have that. But – you know, that's a luxury. You can't legislate injuries. He's playing through it. You know, hopefully this buy heals him up and you get that threat back and everything's going to be fine. Um, but when it's not there and when when opposing defenses aren't concerned with him pulling the football, it becomes much more difficult for them to run. Um, okay. So in a traditional way. I just want to make sure I'm understanding you correctly. So because Jalen Hurts isn't providing that threat in the run game like he like he usually does, that's leading to the opposing defenses to essentially stack the box. 
And well, you know, it's not necessarily they, – they don't even necessarily have to stack the box. Um, so just, why is the offensive line getting the push that they normally get? I mean, is uh, I mean, Jalen is Jalen Hurts really influencing the off the, the way the offensive line gets pushed as well? I mean, I understand. No, that doesn't change. If, if, if in fact, if you look at the the and you know, Jason Kelsey had his best game of the year. Um, he had a ninety-two point six run blocking grade by PFF um, in that game. Okay. Um, what about the rest I mean, of the guys? Lane Johnson. Uh, played like Lane Johnson, Landon Dickerson. Uh, played like Landon Dickerson, a little bit better in pass protection. Tyler Steen was really bad in pass protection, but he was good in run blocking. Uh, Jordan Mailata is the one guy who had probably his worst game of the season. Um, but overall, business as usual. Um so the running backs just aren't seeing the holes pretty much, and they're just not taking advantage of what's being given to them by the offensive line. The holes aren't there, but the holes aren't there because again, you're 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 manipulating the spacing as the plus one in the running game. That's what Jalen Hurts does. So it doesn't even matter when he has, like people were saying early in the season, he's not running the football well. It's not about efficacy of the quarterback running the football. It's about it's about the threat of him running the football. So you have to, you have to wait, you have to pause, you have to space differently because you're concerned about the backside. You don't have to do that when you know, coming into the game, he's not going to be that's out of the equation because of the knee. Um, and then it becomes much tougher to run, you know, it, and it's whatever Lamar Jackson. You've seen how many how many backs over the years in Baltimore, you know, insert name. Just are so successful. It, it, people, too many people don't put the two and two together. Every back doesn't just show up in Baltimore and look great. It's because everybody's scared to death of the quarterback pulling the football, and it creates all the spacing. Josh Dobbs was in Minnesota for two days and he's, and he's running all over the place uh, and winning a football game where he doesn't even know the plays because he's a plus one. You can't account for him. Um, and it creates all these problems for the defense. When those problems don't exist, that's when you need Derrick Henry. That's when you need Christian McCaffrey if you want to run the football consistently, um, the Eagles don't have that, obviously. And they made a conscious decision. And and by the way, they're right. You don't want to spend money at that position, especially when you have the quarterback. But until the quarterback gets up to speed uh, health-wise, and that's back in your offense, you can't sit there in a one-score game and – that final possession tone was the final Eagles possession before the Cowboys got the ball with a chance to win. It was DeAndre Swift. Uh, um, I'm looking for it exactly. DeAndre Swift off left tackle for two yards. DeAndre Swift off right end for one yard. Um, and then you have third and seven. 
and you're trying to broaden the timeouts and do all that kind of stuff. And it's DeAndre Swift up the middle for negative two yards. That was, you know, the play AJ hit him. Um, that was your three plays. Mm. Nothing, nothing negative. Um, okay. You know, and, wanna... and hey, God bless him. Every week, Seth's like, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. You can't run the ball if the quarterback's not healthy because nobody's scared. Nobody's scared of these running backs. And Understood. when when they know you're you're trying to run the ball, and yeah, it's ironic up. because the one game they lost, they should have run the ball. And it's a it's a very fine line. They should have ran the ball against the Jets and punted because Zach Wilson's the quarterback. And you can play it safe. In this game, they should have threw it to try to to win the game because you don't want to give the ball back to to the Cowboys. Now ultimately they persevered because the Cowboys went reverse, but they lucked out a little bit. Let's be honest. Absolutely. And um, one, one, one situation that stands out to me, uh, I felt like everything was pretty much going according to plan until that third and three call, uh, you know, by, by Brian Johnson and those guys. I mean, you ran, you ran the ball two times in a row and you got yourself in the third and three situation in my mind, especially if we're trying to kill that clock and you have a, and you have a two touch and you have a two possession lead. I would have ran the ball again at third and three. And if you're I get myself it, though, you're not getting it. Okay. I mean, you could do it with the RPO if, J- if Jalen's healthy. And that's I guess my he... point is, you know, you know what? I, I, I guess my overall point is third and three, you, you go for a shot play. Is that, was the, was the, was that the op was, was that the best play call you could have drawn up in that situation? I think not. I, I, I you know, I don't know if AJ Brown, on the outside is uh, in man-to-man coverage, especially the year he's having. I don't know if that's a shot play as much as, you know, bad throw. Um, and Nick said AJ didn't see it in the lights as well, so it probably looked worse than it really was. Um, but anytime AJ Brown's got single coverage, on the outside, I don't think it's a bad play to throw him the football. No, I don't think it's a bad play to throw AJ Brown the football. I think that that like throw, throwing a deep ball in that situation, I, you only need three yards. So my mindset is, I mean, get AJ in a slant or RPO situation, something other than that. I mean, to me, that well, was just- I, 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 you know, it, people are assuming that you know you saw the touchdown to Devontae Smith was that you know that was a far more difficult throw you know and that was a dime yes it was down the field yes it was um (laughs) these are not these are not these are not terribly difficult throws for for Jalen Hurts um you know, it just happened to be the biggest moment of one of the biggest moments of the game, and they didn't execute well. But I don't, I mean, anytime you see single coverage on AJ Brown, well, what does that mean? That means they're playing run. Um, the quarterback's not healthy mm-hmm. to 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 make the RPO relevant. Now, he did it up in that game where he had a couple scrambles. Maybe he could have scrambled. We'll never know. 
you know, typically the Eagles are so dominant on third and short, again, because of what Jalen brings to the running game. And it's not there right now. So they have to rely more on the passing game. And they should have relied more on the passing game than they did in the fourth quarter. But they got the they got the two-score lead and felt they didn't have to. So mm. it's one of those things where, you know, if it were a closer game, it might have worked out better because they would have kept throwing it and probably would have had more success, to be honest. Understood. So let's get into, let's get into, you know, Jalen Hurts, man. You know, he, he had a very efficient game. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he went 17, he went 17 for 23, completed 76% of his passes. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, two passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown, 36 uh, rushing yards. Uh, he, I believe he threw for 207 uh, passing yards. Uh, he was a, a, a very efficient performance by him. Um, I don't believe, you know, I've been listening to a lot of the national uh, media as of late because I just wanted to see the post of the, you know, post of the country, um, at, you know, after that matchup because it, it was it was promoted as being one of the better matchups, one of the better games of the season, um, you know, just considering um, all the different narratives and nuances uh, surrounding it, being the NFC East, uh, Jalen Hurts versus Dak Prescott, uh, Michael Parsons, you know, um, uh, talking about how the Eagles are, you know, uh, the best team in the NFL. They have no holes, and you know, just all you know, all all the vitriol that comes with an Eagles uh, Cowboys matchup. Um, what were your thoughts on Jalen Hurts' performance, and um, how do you, you know, how how do you? You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Compare his performance to a guy like uh, Dak Prescott. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, well, his he 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 played. That's a good word. He played a very efficient game. Look, Dak. If I if I'm a head coach, I'm pulling out the hair I don't have watching Dak Prescott on on that final drive. Like you know, that stuff you don't want a rookie doing. Delay a game. You know, at the end of the game. And this is a guy with a history. Remember the playoff loss against San Francisco when he's trying to spot the ball. They're trying to run up and get one more mm-hmm. play. He's trying to spot the ball. He's a veteran quarterback. He's got to know the official has to spot the ball, and he uses up a couple seconds they don't have. This stuff's been going on for years. And on the other side, you have Jalen Hurts and how calm he is and how um, um, steadfast he is and – yeah, I, I, you know, but you're talking about numbers. Nick Sirianni talked about it. These stupid things. People look at these stupid things, the box score. <laughs> Doc Prescott got through for 300 blah, blah yards. And Jalen Hurts, um, yeah, Jalen Hurts was calmly leading his team to a two-score lead with 130 passer rating. Um, and... He's got to come back. He's got to throw the football all over the place. Dak Prescott, it's not Jalen Hurts' fault that Eli Ricks is trying to cover C.D. Lamb and Sidney Brown's trying to cover C.D. Lamb. Every time these quarterbacks throw for 350, 400 yards, they lose more than they win. Nobody figures this out. That's a good point. I mean, I mean. you bring up a good point. I mean, Dak Prescott, let's let's really just go through it really quickly. I mean, you, it's, it's, it started because every penalty went their way uh, up until uh, the first and five at the, at the Philadelphia Six. You had a penalty on uh, Tyler Smith, a false start. That's five yards. And Dak Prescott takes a sack. So we're talking penalty. So a false start, sack, incomplete pass, delay a game, game over, fumble at the goal line. You throw the ball short. I mean, that sequence right there sums up Dak Prescott's career. A guy who gives you the numbers throughout the game, but then when you need him to come through, when you need him to be his most calmest, you know, when you need him to be at his most uh, even kill, he has these moments that he just can't come through. And like you said, and like we all know, the Philadelphia Eagles handed them this game at this point. They handed them the game. And he couldn't. Dallas should have won the football game. Dallas should have won the football game. Um, and it, yeah, it's not only uh Dak Prescott's fault, uh, you know, of course not, not, of course not, but he's not responsible for the false start. All right, that's um Tyler Smith, I believe, not Tyler, yeah, it was Tyler. Um, yeah, Tyler Smith. That now the sack, it's interesting, you know, it's a g- good pass rush, tremendous Ter- job by Josh Sweat, Ter- but Steel's the number all game. But the number 11 yards indicates, look, if you're going to get sacked because somebody just whips, your offensive lineman just whips, you're going to lose seven, eight yards, typically, as an NFL quarterback. Because he was in shotgun. He's back at 11 yards, and that tells you he's got time to get the football out of his hands. Even if it's throwing it away to get to the next play, and not creating the massive loss. Um, and he didn't. He took the sack. Um, and then 
delay of game, you had the incomplete pass. In between, you had delay of game, which is just ridiculous. Um, and then throwing it short, which is also ridiculous. You know, desperation time, you got to throw it in the end zone, even if you're just giving somebody um, a chance, Hail Mary, tip ball, whatever. Right. You can't count on somebody blocking, uh, breaking four tackles to get in the end zone. Um, yeah, I mean, that's stuff where you would be upset at a rookie. And he's been playing a long time. So, you know, I, I, if I were Mike McCarthy, I'd be very frustrated with the way that situation, first and five from the six-yard line, was handled. Because CD, um, Sidney Brown and Eli Rex were thrown out eight times between them in the game. Eight completions, eight for eight. They couldn't cover Tone to Shields. <laughs> well, thank you, John. Um, I, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> they probably could cover me, but they couldn't cover you. Oh man, uh, John, you'll get at least you'll get at least five yards on them. If if you know if I'm the Cowboys, and even though Slay had taken it under his own advisement to go get CD, um, even if it's Brandon Cooks or Michael Gallup or Jalen Tolbert, they were going to be open. And I would have went at those three guys. I would have went at, and Ricks was on the field. It wasn't Sydney at that point. But I would have won at Ricks four consecutive times. He's not going to, he's going to do it four times. Right. Yeah. Like, four you, times. You bring up a good point, man. Um, You know, I want to talk about the Eagles. Uh, you know, we, we we talked about Sidney Brown, Eli Ricks, and those guys. I mean, uh, Tyron Smith. You know, he had a hell of a game. Um, you know, picking up. You know, uh, you know, picking up uh, Josh Sweat. Uh, it just seemed like the Eagles' weaknesses on defenses were really were really glorified in that game. If they can't get home, those the, 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 those those guys in the backfield, the linebackers and the DBs included. They are barbecue chicken, in the, you know, in the words of the Grisha Kilo Nil. Yeah, and that's it, been going on all year, though. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it has, it has, you know. But for some, I don't know why. Maybe, maybe this is my emotion. But I'm watching that game, and it just felt like for up until that last drive, Dak Prescott was getting anything he wanted, and that's why. And, and, and I think that's why it's so mind-boggling how that thing turned out. You know. I'm looking at James Bradbury, man. What's wrong with James Bradbury? What's going on with James Bradbury, uh, John? What are you seeing? What aren't we seeing? Uh, what's your What's been your evaluation of James Bradbury lately? I don't think James has played um, to the level he did last season, but I I think he's been fine overall. Um, I don't think it helped him moving into the slot for the short time he did. Uh, I don't think that was a wise decision. Um, you know, he had a big fourth down stop on, yeah, on, on Jalen Tolbert. Yeah. Tolbert. Um, yeah. I mean, if, if Dak makes the right read, Ferguson is right there streaking up the field wide open. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think Bradbury or Slay are the problem here. Um, even though neither, I thought Slay had a good game. 
uh, but he hasn't played to the level he typically does. And um, Bradbury was an all pro for the first time. So, you know, it was probably a little bit of a little bit specious to expect that again. Um, but those guys aren't the problem. The problem is the inside of the field. Um, and the Eagles need Bradley Roby back, and he's going to be back uh, in Kansas City. And they need Kevin Bayard to get more comfortable with this defense. And, you know, probably going to be Zach Cunningham and Nick Morrow at linebacker. And it's not great, but hopefully it calms down a little bit. Reed Blankenship played really well um, after his worst game. um, Really? Against Washington. Yeah, Reed Reed had a tremendous game. Uh, I thought he was the best Eagles defender um, by the eye test. And I said, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what PFF says. Yep, 91 grade. um, Highest grade of his career. Um, One of the highest grades of any defender this week. Um, He had a really good game. Um, Other than that... It wasn't good, and the slay was pretty good, as I said, but particularly um, Bayard, um, who is still learning, Ricks and Sidney Brown. Who had the worst grade on defense, and you know, amongst the uh, DBs and linebackers? Who had the worst grade? Uh, Ricks. Um, Ricks got a 32.8. Uh, to give you an indication, Reed got a 91. You got a 30.9 in coverage. Um, Yeah. I mean, but it's not, you know, and the same thing happened to Mario Goodrich against Justin Jefferson and Cooper Cup. Eli Ricks is not a slot corner, and you're putting him on C.D. Lamb. You know, good luck. Um, I would have handled it a different way. How would you have handled it? I would have bracketed CD, you know, from play one um, and say Jalen Tolbert beat me, Brandon Cooks, um, Ferguson had a good game, as you mentioned. I can live with that. Um, I can't live with CD Lamb just barbecuing those guys because you knew it was coming. Yeah, we you talked did. about it all week. All week we talked about it. So it, it, begs, it, it wrecks my brain why uh, Sean Desai didn't have, didn't have a better game plan. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, let's go there, right? What was your overall thoughts? And this will be the final question of the evening, John, um, before we get out of here. Um, what was your final thoughts or overall thoughts about the Eagles' approach on offense, what they, you know, what they wanted to accomplish, and whether they accomplished it or not? I mean, obviously they won the game, but – what was your thoughts on the Eagles' um, offensive game plan based off what you saw, and what was your and what was your thoughts on their defensive game plan based on what you saw and how everything played out? I thought the offensive game plan was was very good for three quarters and then kind of fell apart in the fourth. And I think the defensive game plan was pretty pretty flawed for for the entire game. Uh, but they but they persevered 
uh, and are able to win the game. Offensively, I think it's ironic because, you know, that's what everybody wants, right? It's like, oh, they, they throw the ball too much. And then the minute, because they have the two-score lead, so that's where everything gets skewed. And they only end up throwing the ball 23 times, and they end up running it. Um, what was they end up running it? Uh, 30, 33 times. 33 times. So, twenty-three people, times with the running backs, but thirty-three times total. Yeah. Yeah, and people want. Oh, they got to run the ball. They got to run the ball. They got to run the ball. I was pretty overall happy with the distribution, though. Overall, for, for that game, I was. I, I would. I was not because I don't want Jalen Hurts throwing the ball twenty-three times. If he threw the ball thirty-three times and they ran it twenty-three times, they probably win pretty easily. Uh, because they're probably throwing it in the fourth quarter, um, and they're getting some first downs, and you you limit Dallas touching the football. Um, but you say all the time, you know, games depending on if you're down or if you're up by two scores or whatever, that can strongly influence how many times you run it past that. Oh, ball it did. Game. Well, that's uh, you know, everybody asks me that question every week. What's the run pass ratio going to be? And I tell everybody every they week. They win or they lose. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, yeah, tell me who's winning in the fourth quarter. Here's what you saw. Eagles were winning, heavy run ratio. Yeah. Because Jalen Hurts and Deck Prescott, their passing numbers were pretty on par up until Deck Prescott and those guys got down. Well, yeah. And then the opposite part of that is, oh, 374 yards by Deck Prescott. Well, that's because he's losing by two scores. So he's got to chuck the ball all over the place. And they only ran it 21 times. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not. It's pretty straightforward, actually. Yeah, it, it's. I'm amazed how many people don't see that on a week to week basis. I mean, if you're behind, you're going to throw a lot, and if you're winning, you're going to run more. That's just how it works. Yeah, I got to sneak one last question. Then we're out of here, John. I promise. Um, like I said, the national media has kind of been turning this. Cowboys lost into like a consolation prize all across the board. And you would have thought the way everyone's talking nationally that the Philadelphia Eagles lost the game. You would have thought that somehow, some way, Dak Prescott and those boys staged a miracle comeback when in reality they failed ultimately at the end of the day. They lost the game. Yet you hear people saying Dak, um, you know, Dak has shown us that he can he can show up in these big moments. And actually he didn't because they didn't win the game. So what's been what's your thought process when you know you hear um, the national narrative about um, the outcome of this game? I uh, don't hear it. <laughs> you know I what? Honestly that's, don't, I honestly that's exactly don't. how it was supposed to be, right? You avoid it. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly don't even know who you're talking about or wh- uh, what you're talking about because, I mean, that's no offense to anybody. I just No, no, I, I hear you. You're, you're, you're I, very uh, focused, uh, your tunnel vision with the job. I totally get it. Yeah, um, I, I don't really. Well, let me, okay, let me frame it this way then, right? Again, like I said, the narrative has been Dak Prescott has, you know, he played one of his best games of the season. You know, Dak can't play any better than that. Uh, you know, uh, the, the Cowboys should feel really good about um, this loss. You can't feel any better about a loss than the one they experienced. <laughs> um, you know, all, all that kind of language, right? When you hear things like that, right, and you lost the game still, how does that resonate with you? I I don't think. I don't think that's the way the Cowboys feel. I think well, they're disgusted. If you ask Michael Parsons, he 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 feels even better about his team after that loss. Well, Mike had a big game, by the way. Um, 
Mike is a really good player. And well, I yeah, think that's the, Eagles yeah. Eagles fans uh He's a great player, but that's not the question, John. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I mean, you know, Mike is just judging on you know, probably his play, and he was pretty pretty good. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't I said the end of the game stuff with Dak Prescott is just abysmal, and uh, you know there was that Jalen Hurts has the number one passer rating in the NFL when he's behind, number one. Which isn't often, by the way. The Eagles aren't behind. But to use Washington as an example, you know, I'm watching that game at FedEx Field. It's 14 to three. The the commanders are dominating that game early. And I'm starting to say to myself, no, oh, maybe this isn't the Eagles' day. Um, you know, maybe Washington's gonna um win this football game. And the Eagles get the ball back at Jalen goes down the field and the ticket they score and it's 14 10 i'm like all right yeah they're not going to be able to hold up against this and they actually played a little bit better than i expected washington but ultimately they did falter um he's got the best pass rating in the nfl when trailing dak prescott is number 32 in the nfl when trailing wow There's 32 teams um that's quite wow. a dichotomy that is a hell of a stat right there. Can you say that one more time, John? Yeah, when trailing, Jalen Hurts has the best passer rating in the NFL uh, for any corner quarterback. And again, he's not trailing much, but when they do trail, he tends to respond almost immediately. Um, and Dak is number 32 um, when trailing. Wow. And, you know... That's a problem. <laughs> That's a problem. Uh, yeah, if I were a Cowboys fan, I would be very disappointed in such a a veteran quarterback, his lack of mastery of situational football. I would be very, very disappointed in that. Well, the good thing about the Philadelphia Eagles, they don't really have that problem with Jalen Hurts. One thing I'll say about him, and we'll end with this, he's a guy that always seems to understand the assignment, a guy who always has the full pulse of his team and always just seems to be calm, cool, collected in a blizzard, uh, calm, cool, collected in a sandstorm, calm, cool, collected in a hurricane. The now, he is a human being. He made an atrocious play against the New York Jets, and that's the only thing. That, he did. He did, but um, he's human, and, and things like that happen. Yeah. He's human, like you said. But man. for the most part, for the most part, that man can knit a sweater uh, if a tsunami was coming right at him. Uh, so, uh, John, as always, uh, I appreciate you for always taking time for the show, man. I know you have a hell of a schedule that you're always uh, trying to balance. And, uh, again, like, like I said, I appreciate you, man. Um, you're great to me, my friend, and uh, you always make the show uh, so, so much so entertaining. Uh, you know, with the way you approach the game and the way you view the game, man. Very practical, very objective. And uh, you you you, you kind of you kind of uh, ground me whenever I'm feeling overly emotional about this game <laughs> that I love so much. So, John, thank you so much. Eagles fans, make sure you guys smash that like button. Make sure you guys always stay engaged and subscribe to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel. You guys are locked in on football 24-7 with John McMullen. And I was your host, Tony Shows the Second. We'll see you next time. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, 
Injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.